Steph Curry, huh? <laughs> I'm a Cle- oh, okay. I'm a Cleveland Browns or Cleveland Browns, Cle- Cleveland Cavs fan, and he destroyed us uh, a couple times in the championship game. But we finally beat him, so <laughs> pretty good stuff. Anyway, thank you for sharing, Lyle, and the worship team. Uh, and everybody that pitches in on Sunday mornings, man, it's just a neat to see how our, all our people come together to make Sundays happen and the rest of the week happen. So thank you. Thank you all for serving. Um, if you'd like to give an offering this morning, you can do so by leaving your offering at one of the boxes by the exits there on, on the wall. Or you can go online to hcchrist.org and click on the giving link and um, um, uh, give there. So we appreciate your offerings. This coming Friday night, we have a, a pretty cool event coming up. Uh, uh, family movie night here, uh, right here in this room, um, but from like five to seven or something like that, we will have Schmidt's uh, food truck sausages out in the um, uh, parking lot for purchase, food for purchase. If you need to grab dinner, movie will start, I think, about 6.30 in here. Free movie, free popcorn and drinks, so uh, come on out for that. It's for everybody, and it's not just for little kids, but if you'd like to come out and enjoy that, uh, that'll be a, a good time. The Super Bowl cook-off game night is coming up on Saturday the 2nd, February, no, February 10th, and um, that is a registration event, so if you have a chili or a soup that you're good at making, um, uh, bring that with you. Is there a competition this year on that again? Yep, yep. I think I came in second last year. I'm going to try to win this year. (laughs) No. (laughs) Uh, But anyway, bring that out. We'll we'll play some games together. It'll be a lot of fun. Register again on our website at hcchrist.org. I think on the homepage we have that event listed. It's in the uh, scrolling section, and there's a registration link there you can follow. So come on out for that. All right, let's jump in. We're in the third week of our message message series called Hope Found Here. And um, this is kind of the theme we're leaning into for the entire year, um, that hope is found not just here at Hillier Church of Christ, but in the cross of Jesus Christ. And that's what we want to point everything to. So this year, we're going to kind of rally around this theme of, of our finding hope here at HCC and in the cross of Jesus Christ. And so we've been in this particular series, we're talking about our vision, mission, and values. And uh, our vision is, it tells us why we exist, what our purpose is, right? And so we say here at Hillier Church of Christ that our goal is to become uh, a church of real people finding real hope, right? And so that's our goal. That's what we want to do and become. And we want to be able to help others find that real hope as well in Jesus Christ. Our mission statements tell us how we fulfill that purpose. And each mission statement begins with the word with, right? And so we have three mission statements uh, with unconditional love. We talked about that one last week with uncomfortable generosity. That's what we're going to talk about today. And then with unwavering commitment. We'll talk about next week. Then we have these value statements that tell us what we do. They're not all-encompassing, if you will, but these are some of the ones that we're kind of focusing on uh, the next couple of years, and we'll get into those later on in the series. So this morning we're talking about uh, how we fulfill our vision statement through this, what we call, uncomfortable generosity. And I think back to when Dawn and I were first married, and it's been a long time ago, um, but I think about how much simpler times were. Maybe you are, maybe you were like we were back then. We didn't own a whole lot. Anybody with me? We didn't have very much. When we got married, uh, we got some uh, dishes for the kitchen, you know, um, 
we also, ha- my grandparents gave us a love seat for the living room. That's all we had to sit on. That's all we needed, right? Just the two of us. We were in love. We still are. Um, and uh, good, right? Yeah. And uh, my parents gave us, my dad gave us a, a 1980s waterbed, king-size waterbed. I loved that bed. I mean, it was, it was comfortable. It was warm. Uh, it made waves every time we moved around. <laughs> I loved that bed. But anyway, uh, we had a desk uh, and, and a computer, and we had a television. That was about it, right? We didn't have a whole lot. But we loved those days. It was so much simpler uh, than it is today. And when, uh, when we were in uh, at Kentucky Christian University, we were just finishing up. So we'd been married a year uh, as we were finishing up there. I was preaching at a small church in uh, Vanceburg, Kentucky. Uh, I was uh, uh, just on the weekends. They, they paid me a very little small salary there to do that. Uh, so I was, I was working odds and ends jobs around campus in the mailroom, in the business office. And I don't know, I worked just about everywhere there. Um, but man, I'm telling you, life was just so much simpler. And, and you know, they paid the bills. We were okay. But we just didn't have a whole lot, right? And those were some good days. When we finally moved out of university, <laughs> the the church I went, we went to in my full, first full-time ministry, they sent down these two old guys uh, to move us. And I'm telling you, they showed up at the door, and I'm like, you guys are helping us move? Like, did you bring help? I mean, they were old. But this is what they did for a living, so they, they were actually good at what they did. They loaded our stuff, which didn't take very long, like five minutes to load our stuff onto this medium-sized box truck that had a lot of room left over uh, after it was loaded. And again, man, I just think what we had, it wasn't, it wasn't a lot. It was so much simpler back then. So now it's 26, almost 27 years later, and we've got more stuff than we know what to do with, right? Anybody with me? So much stuff. We moved down here in Hilliard three years ago, almost three years ago now. And um, I have to admit, we, we've got a few boxes that are still un, unpacked. All right. Now, to be fair for my, with my wife here, uh, these are boxes that we don't really you know, need, to, need as far as that, those goes. And not very many of them, but we have some stuff. We have so much stuff. We've got stuff in boxes that we're not even using. And, uh, and so I say all this because when I think about this, the question that pops in my mind is, are we, are we using our stuff wisely? All this stuff that God has given us, right? Are we, are we really taking care of what God has given us? Are we being good stewards of the things that God is letting us use, I should say, right? Because none of it really is ours. It all belongs to God. Psalm 24, 1, the earth and everything in it, right? All its inhabitants, you know, it, it's all God's. It belongs to the Lord. So it's his, and it's just on loan to us, whatever he's given us, right? Are we taking care of the stuff that God's letting us use, right? There's a parable that Jesus tell, tells in uh, Luke chapter 12, and uh, it's about a master who's going away on a trip, um, and while he's away, he decides to hire a manager, his household manager, to manage things around his estate while he's gone. And so um, the manager, if he does his job well while the master is gone, then the master, when he returns, will reward the manager for his good work. 
if the manager does a poor job, in fact, Jesus says if the manager abuses and mistreats the other hired help, then when the master returns, he will discipline the manager very severely. And so Jesus concludes the parable. He says, from everyone who has been given much, much will be expected or required. And from the one who has entrusted, has been entrusted with much, even more will be expected. Has God given you much? Everybody should go like this. He has given us a lot, has he not? I mean, we live in the United States of America. Even the poorest people here in the United States of America are wealthy. I was studying some of my classes last week in one of my classes, World Christianity. It was saying that many people around the world, outside of the United States, uh, many people live on just $1.90 per day, U.S. dollars. $1.90. Could you imagine having to live on just $1.90 a day? We have been entrusted with much from the Lord, have we not? And so I think a lot's going to be required. Are, are we taking care of what God has given us? That's the question. Are we, being, are we being good managers of what God has given us? Jesus uses this word, by the way, manager, in this Luke chapter 12 passage, and it comes from the Greek word oikonomos. Oikonomos, what's that sound like? Oikonomos, e Economist. That's where we get our word, economist. Um, it, it simply means someone who manages a household, uh, someone who manages an estate for an owner, an economist, someone who comes up with a plan to manage finances and resources, an economist. So God calls us, all of us, if we are in his kingdom, he calls us all to be good economists in his kingdom. So as good economists, as good managers of what God has given us, uh, we understand, we realize that none of the stuff that we have is actually ours. It belongs to God, right? That's part of being a good economist in God's kingdom. My house is not my house. Uh, my car is not my car. My body, the shoes that I own, everything that I think I own, right, is not mine. This church is not ours. It is the Lord's. It belongs to Him. And we are to, He calls us to manage all of this and do it well. And so if I manage it well, God will bless it and God will multiply it. If I don't manage it well, well, he could take it away and he could distribute it, right? And when he comes back, he will reward us or discipline us depending on how we, we do it, right? And so we have been blessed with much. And what I want to do this morning is just talk about three areas that God has given us, three areas of, in our lives that belong to God, that God has entrusted to us these areas that we ought to be managing well. And uh, these are three areas that God may be calling us to a place of uncomfortable generosity. All right? They're very simple. They all begin with the letter T. And uh, as we go through these, I, I just want us to listen this morning to the Holy Spirit. How could the Holy Spirit be stretching us today, right? Those two questions at the bottom of your outlines, what is God saying to me and what am I going to do about it, okay? So let's see what the Holy Spirit has to say today. The first T stands for time. My time is not my time. My time is actually God's time on loan to me, right? Am I a good economist? Am I a good manager of the time that God has allotted to me? It is one of the most valuable commodities, if not the most valuable commodity here in the United States, is it not? 
When we think about our time, it's wrapped up with a lot of important stuff. Our work, um, our home, kids' practice and ball games, um, making sure the pantry is full, the snow is shoveled, <laughs> making sure that the gas is filled, the bills are paid, all of that, right? All of this stuff. It takes time to do all of this stuff. And so it's a, a precious commodity. And many of us in this room, we could probably say, man, I could use more time in my day, right? I hear it all the time. If I had a, just a little bit more time. Now, let's get a little uncomfortable, okay? I wonder how often do we go through our day and we might get through the end of the day, but I wonder how often throughout the day, God, I could imagine, is in heaven. He's waving his arms and going, yoo uh, hello, what about me? Would you spend a little more time with me, please? And we just ignore and go along with our busyness of our schedules, and we kind of forget about God. How often do we do that, right? Uh, maybe, maybe for some of us here today, it was a stretch for you or some of us to actually carve out this one hour to come to church and worship, right? You had to get up a little early, you know, and get the kids ready. It, it takes a lot of time to do this, to carve out this time. So for those of us who are busy, that we're really busy, could we get a little more uncomfortable in our time? I mentioned this last week. Um, we, around here, for the last couple of years, we've been talking about the 111 plan, right? The 111 plan. I mentioned it last week. I'll bring it up again. You can take some notes this time, write it down. But here, the weekly 111 plan at HCC, we're trying to, trying to challenge our member partners three hours a week. Here it is. Ready? One hour in worship, one hour in discipleship, and one hour in service. Right? So one hour of worship, which we're, we're putting in our time right now, right? Isn't that great? One hour of discipleship. And let me just challenge you again today after the worship service is over, we're going to have our discipleship group leaders out in the lobby. They'd love to meet you. If you're not plugged in to a D group, this is your opportunity to get to know them. And uh, they'll, be out, they'll be out in the lobby, I think holding clipboards, so they'll be very easily identifiable. Uh, go out and meet them. Get, in, get plugged into a discipleship group if you're not, okay? And then one hour of service. We need everyone to be in service, right? If you're looking to get uh, plugged in somewhere to serve, listen, we, we could use more help in our children's ministry, right, Dawn? Lots of help. In our student ministry, right, Jamie? Uh, we need help. If you love children, go see one of these two right over here. Uh, after the service and get plugged in, right? We need help in our worship ministry, right, Lyle? Singers, instrumentalists, uh, tech team people. I mean, we need help. We need more greeters and door openers, right, Joyce? Need greeters and door openers? Please see Joyce about that. We need D group facilitators. See Danny or me about that. Uh, and the list goes on and on and on. It doesn't happen just automatically, right? We need people uh, serving one hour a week. So, I'd encourage you, come talk to me, or uh, I can help point you in the right direction. Go online to our website, hcchrist.org. There is a serve link at the top of the page that will take you to another page where it will kind of give you some descriptions, and then you can actually fill out a form where you might like to serve. So I'd encourage you to do that soon today, right? So like I said, now let's think about this. Three hours a week. For some, that could be a stretch, no doubt. It could be uncomfortable to say, man, three hours a week, that's a lot to give because I'm pretty busy. But let me put this in perspective a little bit. I hope this is okay. 
God has given us, every one of us, the same amount of time each week, 168 hours, right? We have 168 hours in the week. Um, now, granted, about 56 of those hours, we're sleeping, right, on average. Uh, 40, at least 40 hours, we're working. That leaves us about 72 hours to shower every day, primp every day, uh, cook, clean, um, uh, let's see, what else? What would you say, do dishes? Is that here? do dishes? Yeah, do dishes. Um, you know, uh, traveling time, errand running, uh, leisure activities. We're trying to squeeze all of this in into 72 hours, right? 72 hours. And I think about, you know, how do I spend my 72 hours? Well, you know, there is some downtime, and I might be watching my TikTok videos or my YouTube videos or Instagram, or, you know, I'm checking into social media, or I'm watching television, or uh, I'm just kind of sitting around doing nothing. I got a lot of downtime that I'm really not doing a whole lot with my time, except maybe what we call wasting it, right? Wasting time. For some of us, uh, maybe for all of us, I mean, if we're really honest about this, three hours a week is, is really a drop in the bucket compared to what we've been given, isn't it? In fact, three hours a week is less than 2% of our entire week's time. Don't you think Jesus deserves 2%? 2%. One hour of worship, one hour of discipleship, one hour of service. Some of us might need to stretch. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you this morning? Let's move on to the second one. The second T is talent, your talent. How many of you know what your spiritual gift is specifically? Some of you, I know. So we did this a, a couple of years ago, um, and, and so I'm going to offer it again. There in your sermon notes, there's a link that you can go to, again, at our website. You can fill out a form, an assessment, the spiritual gift uh, assessment. That when you finish it, and cl- uh, uh, when you click submit, it comes to me, and I have to go through and grade it. Not grade it, but, you know, figure out where, where you're gifted at. And then I send an email back to you. So I'd encourage you to go and do that today. Find out what your spiritual gift is. Give me time to get back to you. I will get back to you. Um, but find out what your spiritual gift is. But many of us, probably all of us in this room, we know what our talents already are. I know what I'm talented in, right? I don't mean to boast, but, you know, I, I, I can preach. I can, I can teach, I can sing, I can play the trumpet. Um, I, can, um, I, can, I can do repairs, car repairs, house repairs, as long as there's a YouTube video associated, right? <laughs> um, I, I've even got some stupid human tricks that I like to do to drive my wife crazy. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to do any of those right now, but listen, you know, here's the deal. First uh, Peter 4.10 says, just as each one of us has received a gift, we've, we've got at least one gift, right, that God has given us, use it to serve others. As, here's the word, good stewards, that's that word oikonomos, right, economists of the very grace of God. So what talent has God given you? And are you using it to serve the church and to bless the church and to bless others, Right? Whatever talent God has blessed you with, you ought to be doing it at least in the church and serving others, right? So if you have the ability to teach and you love kids, get involved in our next-gen ministry, right? If you can sing or play an instrument, 
Uh, see Lyle, get involved in the worship ministry, right? If you have computer skills or tech skills, get involved again with our tech ministry. Or if you, lo- if you love designing things graphically, we need you. See me after the service, please. I'd, I could write Joyce, we can put you to work. Uh, volunteer some time to, to help create some graphics and uh, drive our social media and website and things like that. I'd love to talk with somebody about that and help us with that. So uh, anyway, whatever you're gifted at, God is calling you to serve the church, to serve each other, and to serve people uh, in our lives, right? So here's what I want to do, just a little exercise. I'm not going to call anybody out, but just, just put your hand on your chest, all right? Can you feel that? You feel your heart beating? Anybody not feel your heart beat because I want to make sure? <laughs> Chris. <laughs> uh, I think it's Rick Warren who says, if you have a pulse, you have a purpose. Isn't that good? In the kingdom of God, man, if you're still breathing, if your heart's still beating, God has something for you to do. And if you're not doing it, shame on you. He's going to call you to an account someday. Why didn't you serve? Why didn't you love on others through your abilities? God's going to call us to an account. So we need to use it to serve him. And I know it might be uncomfortable, right? Might have to wake up early. I might have to, uh, I don't know, spend my evening serving when I could be at home doing something else. 2% of our time. 2%, that's it. God is calling us to do these things because it makes us good stewards, as Peter says, good economists in God's kingdom. All right? Time, talent. The third one is treasure. Treasure. Now, when we think of um, treasure, what do we think of? Money, right? Um, and, and, it, and yeah, definitely money is a part of that, right? No doubt. Here at HCC, we teach that giving a tithe, our 10% of our, our gross income to the church is what God uh, expects of us. It's kind of a standard there, right? We kind of start with that. And uh, so we teach that. Um, that's what God required of the uh, Jews in the Old Testament. We, we read that. It's very clear. In the New Testament, we go, well, the tithe's not mentioned. <laughs> yeah, it is. In a couple places, actually. But Jesus affirmed or reaffirmed the tithe in Matthew 23, 23. The religious leaders, he calls them out and he says, hey, you guys, you pay a tenth of, or you tithe, your mint, dill, and cumin. Now, they, didn't, they weren't required to tithe those things. Isn't that funny? But these religious leaders, you know how they were. But they were super religious, right? And so they said, we're going to tithe even the stuff we don't have to tithe. So they did. And so, yeah, good on them, right? But then he goes on. Yet you have neglected the more important matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faithfulness. He says these things, justice, mercy, and faithfulness, should have been done without neglecting the tithes, the others, right? I wonder how many of us Christians we flip this. We've been so focused on justice, mercy, and faithfulness that we forgot to tithe. It's so important because God expects us to bring the first fruits. We've talked about that here before. To bring the first, the first and best of what God has blessed us with to his, to his house, right? And so we teach that. Now, for some of us, man, 10%, holy moly, that's a lot. And that's uncomfortable to give away that much, right? That's uncomfortable to do that. When I think about uncomfortable generosity, there's one person in the scripture I always kind of come back to. 
the widow at the temple. Mark chapter 12. And she didn't just tithe. She gave everything she had to live on. Granted, it wasn't much, right? Two little coins weren't worth very much. But she gave it all. And Jesus says to his disciples, this poor widow has put in put more into the treasury than all the others. They all gave out of their surplus, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, to, uh, all that she had to live on. Now, I don't think this widow woke up, the mor- woke up that morning and said, you know what, I'm going to go, I'm going to go wow everybody. Right? I don't think she, she, she went to the temple to say, look at me. She wasn't there to impress anybody. It wasn't that impressive what she gave, other than the fact that she gave everything she had to live on. I think she gave that day everything she had to live on because she knew that it was at the temple where she gave her offering where lives were transformed. She knew God's work was being done at the temple. And she wanted to be a part of that. Isn't that cool? Don't you want to be a part of what God is doing in his kingdom through people's lives, right? I think this is why we give here. It's why I give here. I, uh, we give because we love God. And we, we want to see his work done through his church. And we want to see lives transformed. And it's happening, right? We shared last week that uh, we had 27 baptisms last year. More than, it was almost double what we had the year before, right? God is doing something really cool here. He is blessing what we're doing, right? 10%, we've shared this before, 10% of what we, what we receive in offerings goes to missionaries. We've decided if we're going to challenge our people to give 10%, then on our end, we're going to take that and give 10% to the missions that we support here at ACC. And what's really cool is um, lives are being changed around the world. Uh, Jorge Lugo, he's our missionary in uh, Venezuela, and he sent us an, an email, I don't know, a couple weeks ago maybe, but he, t- he told us about a man named Silvio who, in, just in December, gave up his uh, life, his, I mean, his lifeblood. He lived and breathed it, Santeria, which is their form of witchcraft. Jorge Lugo and his team at his church led Silvio to a place of giving it all up for Jesus Christ. And he was baptized along with three other guys, or two other guys and a female there in Venezuela. Lives are being changed because you give, lives are being changed. If that doesn't excite you to give, I don't know what will. This is what excites me, people coming to the Lord and going to heaven because of what we're doing. Isn't that cool? Uh, we were able to help some member partners in our church uh, who, uh, through our benevolence ministry, uh, which is really great. Some of you give to the benevolence ministry and we're able to turn around and help these people out who, who need help, right? This coming year, we've got plans to reach the 70,000 in a three-mile radius of our church building who need Jesus, right? They've, they're either not part of a church, they don't know Jesus, they've never heard of Jesus, whatever. We're going to do what we can to reach them. Because of your gener- generosity, we offer this stuff. Discipleship opportunities, outreach opportunities, like the movie night coming up, um, uh, and, and, of course, to keep the lights on and the building up to date and the staff paid. You know, these are all important too, right? But God's work is being done, and he asks us to tithe. Malachi 3.10, God says, bring the full tithe. Bring the full tenth into the storehouse so that there is food in my house. He says, test me in this and see if I will not open the floodgates of heaven. Test me in this, he says. And I know it might be uncomfortable to say today, you know, the Holy Spirit is saying to me, 
give 10% and trust him. And that is uncomfortable. Dawn and I made that decision years ago, and it was uncomfortable, but man, we have not looked back. Because God says, I will bless you in return, and he has, no doubt. Some people say, I can't afford to give 10%. I always say, I don't think you can afford not to. It is that big of a blessing. It is that big of a blessing. Now, our treasure is more than just money, right? We we take inventory of our lives. We have a lot of stuff that God has blessed us with, right? The question we ought to be asking is, how can I use this stuff that God has given me to help his kingdom? How can I use my house or my car, my backyard, my deck, my pool, my business? How can I use these things to help God's kingdom grow? That's the question we ought to be asking ourselves, right? It's more than just money. It's everything. How can I use this to help God's kingdom grow? All right, let me wrap this up. God calls us to this place of uncomfortable generosity. And he was straight up with it, right? Romans 12, 1, Paul says, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercies, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. You ever feel like Christianity is a sacrifice to you? If not, you need to be stretched. It is a sacrifice. Jesus said, take up your cross every day and follow me. It's a sacrifice to give uncomfortably, to be generous in an uncomfortable manner, to sacrifice our egos, um, to sacrifice our selfish desires, to sacrifice our preferences in the way things we think ought to be done. But all this so that I can follow Jesus wholeheartedly in everything that I do, right? It might feel uncomfortable, but that's what God calls us to, I think. I think about all the stuff that I've accumulated over the years, right? And um, I realize my house and my garage, they're full today. My basement's full today. Very full, right? There are times I think, man, it'd be so much nicer to go back to those early days when we were first married uh, when I didn't own a whole lot. I owned very little. But the fact is, I don't own any more now today than I did back then because it's all God's. He's just given me more responsibility. And with that comes much expectation. Are we managing what God has given us? Are we good economists in his kingdom? What's the Holy Spirit saying to you today? How can you be stretched toward uncomfortable generosity? That's the question. Father in heaven, thank you this morning for speaking to us. Um, I know some of us are wrestling with some of this this morning. It's, It's tough to carve out time to give to you. It's tough (laughs) to give 10%, Lord. That's a lot. It's tough um, to use my talent to serve in ways that you expect. But Lord, I think about how tough it was for Jesus who comes to this earth and he lives without giving in to temptation. How tough is that? How tough it must have been for Jesus to stand before accusers, falsely accusing him of things he didn't do, and uh, how tough it would have been for his own people to turn on him, to beat him, to place a crown of thorns on his head, to make fun of him. 
how tough it would have been for Jesus to be on that cross, hanging there by nails in his hands and feet, taking on our sins, the whole sin of the world. It was sacrifice. So, Father, help us to come to that place of sacrifice. To give and be generous in an uncomfortable way to see your kingdom grow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now sing a song of response. If you'd like to come and talk with me or Dan, Dan's over here in the front. I'd love to talk with you about your relationship with Jesus, to, to walk out of here a brand new person by confessing him as your Lord and Savior, repenting, being immersed today. So come on up. I'll be over here by the cross. Dan, I'll be over here. Come talk to us. Let's stand and sing. Thank you.